0: in the mystery of Christ arisen, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me begin with some comfortable words. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The day of Easter, Jesus provided an entrance for himself into the kingdom of God, which he had preached for many years amongst his friends and strangers and followers, a divine furtherance of his co-eternal reign And for rest with his Father and the Sacred Spirit. This union, this mystical congregation, is entitled Trinitas, or the Holy Trinity. We find ourselves on this Sabbath day in God's house, resting in the strength of liturgy, in the company of one another. In the strength of liveliness, an abounding, spiritually nourishing banquet is here also with all the saints in light. Sometimes this banquet is called viaticum. That means really a picnic for those on a journey. But this picnic includes all the saints who have gone before us. This bounty, this meal, includes all of us who are quick in the spirit, still alive and breathing and kicking and twitching. Well, I twitch. And this meal is for all those who aren't even born yet, who will carry the faith arising within them. And it is this bounty, On the Sabbath, it is a mystery of God's salvation and artistry to pour upon us an almost oceanic magnitude to rekindle our desire to be in heaven and to be here now at all times and in all places, Easter. Every Sunday is a mini-Easter And we cannot get away from the resurrection. Sabbath allows us to process, as we do down the front aisle, into an appreciation of sacred rest, with a thankful appreciation for the unspoken myriad of divine gifts showered upon us day to day. Maybe that's relationship, friendship, marriage, friends. Friends. Grandchildren, neighbors. God showers these upon us daily, but sometimes we don't notice. Memoria, the doctrine, of memoria is one of the great anchors of the church. Memory is one of God's tools for healing, for restoring us. We're keeping those who have gone before with us now. Sometimes we forget things. Sometimes there are patches of history we just don't remember. And I don't know why. I thought of this the other day. Why it came to mind? I don't know. Emmett Kelly, maybe some of you remember his name. If you don't, you may remember his persona, Emmett Kelly. He was an actor with a sad clown face and baggy floppy clothes. His most memorable presentation was a silent emblem of futility trying to sweep up a spotlight off the circus floor at the end of the show. I remember seeing him on the Ed Sullivan Show trying to sweep that light. Kelly created his hobo persona in 1933 at the height of the Great Depression. While much of American entertainment was aimed at distracting people from the weary grind of what they did not have, well, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers come to mind, but Kelly represented that futility But when I saw him as a kid, I was so haunted by his faithful devotion to touch that light. I want to touch the light because I am touched by light. Our burdens are heavier if we don't admit them. Pretending everything is okay all the time is exhausting, I know. It claims your energy that you need for other things, like brushing your hair and your teeth and getting through the day. You don't want to go to the board meeting and burst into tears. There's a time and a place for everything. And an adult life is one in which a fair amount of self-control is necessary. We try to teach that to the children, don't we? That there needs to be a place that we can go where we can own our sorrows and the strife when we have them. Writer Cynthia Burgholt, writes, the heart is the first and foremost organ of spiritual perception. Its primary focus, its function is to look beyond the obvious, beyond the outward and visible signs into the inward and spiritual grace. Look past the boundary surface of things and see into the deep reality, the metaphor. Melech Dawith, King David, speaks of the heart, often in his poetry called the Psalms. The heart is the throne of God on earth. George Herbert, friend of John Donne, fellow Anglican priest and poet, writes, Prayer, the church's banquet, angels' age, God's breath in man returning to his birth. The soul, in paraphrase, Heart and pilgrimage, the Christian plummet sounding heaven and earth, engine against the almighty sinner's tower, reversed thunder, Christ side piercing spear six days world transposing in an hour, a kind of tune which all things hear and fear. Softness and peace and joy and love and bliss, exalted manna, gladness of the best, heaven in ordinary, humanity well dressed, the Milky Way, the bird of paradise, church bells heard beyond the stars, the soul's blood, the land of spices. Something understood. One of the nice things about prayer, it is that place. The place of wisdom and faith, seeking understanding. As St. Anselm was so assiduously quick to quote to his fellow travelers, faith is seeking understanding. So when you pray, dear ones, the saints are already there waiting upon your grief, your burdens, and your sorrows. They know them intimately because they live them. They know you by your wounds and your stripes of sorrow. When you pray, you do not have to be perfect. All is already known. In prayer, you cannot be closer to God, not even your breathing is as close to you as prayer. Especially on the Sabbath. Okay, I'm going to reveal a secret. I'm a priest. Sabbath is pretty important to me. In Sabbath prayer, even those things you do not have words to express or ability to articulate to your knowing mind They will become speakable when they are ready to be spoken. Time will know when, the angels will know when, and prayer will know when. Until then, rest. Sabbath prayer is unique. It hosts a resolute proximity to Christ. And he is the joyous creator of all things, including me and you, in heaven and on earth, it is His day. C.S. Lewis m- muses that prayer is vis medicatrix naturae. What the heck is that? Vis medicatrix natura is the natural healing force of the Holy Spirit in the world. You get a cut; a little bridge of skin forms, called a cicatrix. That's vis medicatrix natura. Your body wants to heal. Your mind wants to heal. Your soul wants to heal. And one of the many ways we can give thanks and practice gratitude is to take prayer seriously. And that doesn't mean it's a topic. It means it's a fellow creature that travels with us like Virgil for Dante an instrument to connectivity to encounter the Holy Trinity. The ancient church stopped seven times a day for their prayer offices. Seven times. Why? To mark God's wonder of the gift of another creature called the day. We just think of it as time. God thinks of it as a stage for recreation, to recognize the earth is turning and time is going by. We are not millionaires of time, dear ones, in this form. Jesus practiced the truth of his prayers, living mindfully, withdrawing from and with his associates and schedules and the boisterous crowds that we saw in today's gospel. 5,000 needy persons. He sought solitude at critical moments in his life. He recognized significant times of the day. Before morning, he got up to go by himself to pray, to celebrate the birth of the world again. In Psalm 19, verse 62, the poet pens, At midnight I rise to give you thanks and praise. At midnight? Psalm 1, I mean verse 64 of the same psalm, seven times a day I praise you. The first prayer office is matins or vigils. It's usually at midnight. It's a tender hour and so people my age and older couldn't quite do it. So they moved matins to just before morning, pre-dawn. Lauds was early morning, ideally at sunrise, the first hour of daylight. It's the theme of resurrection and the birth of the world, the awakening office. Terse is the third hour of light. Terse, sect the nun, are called the little hours of the morning. We don't know about them because we're all working of shopping and doing chores and things. But the little hours were designed to be very short, like David's first two word prayer after he found out that Bathsheba was pregnant, O oh God, which set him on a course of deceit to himself and to his nation. And to those around him. Sect and nun, the sixth and ninth hour offices, vespers known as evening prayers, sometimes sung as even song, and compline, nighttime prayer or bedtime just before we enter the great silence, as the monks call it. And then back again on that cycle at midnight. Prayer can be Agitation and you can sweat blood like Jesus in the garden. Or you can rest in God's hollow of his hands and all is known. All is forgiven. All is restored. All. And without these intentional pauses, we humans might miss the continuing quality of heaven omnipresent. As St. John begs us, don't miss it. Easter everywhere. It did not escape Jesus' notice and example. Attentive souls are awakened souls that hold in on appreciation. Appreciation. One poet says the day stars' rays are glittering clear until that day is almost near. The shadows of the night depart, Thou holy light illumine our heart. Day or night, the sacred light of faith imparts joy and strength again. I don't know about you. I need strength every hour, much less every day. So prayer is a strengthening agent, a fellow creature. Again, Jesus slips away at crucial times of strife, of moments of consequence. For he and his friends, when decisions must be made, he says, let's pray. But he always returns to be a voice of and for compassion, with passion and grace and generosity, and charity, always. After the resurrection, the apostles honor his teaching and inspiration, and they say the prayer Jesus taught them, Our, not mine, Our Father, You are in heaven and on earth. Holy is Your name. And you know the rest. Our prayer book, and mine's a little bit noisy because I tied some Eugelion on. Eugelion or angel voices, and you don't even need words to know the gospel's coming. Get ready. Be prepared to make a statement about the faith in you, said St. Peter. In the Book of Common Prayer, Four times a day, morning, noon, evening, compline, you can rest and be restored. In a world that sometimes seems to me that it's spinning off its axis, I love to know that God is in charge. It's a good anchor for a crazy spinning world. I so could have spoken about David and Bathsheba today. It would have been so fun. Lesser desires, greater sins. But you know, it all ends like the gospel ends in prayer. Prayer, the Alpha, the Omega, the doors to open the day in life, doors to close life. We are born in prayer, baptism. We die in prayer. And on the day of our resurrection, the blessing prayer will be your name on Jesus' lips, saying, Arise. My dear and beautiful one, my little Anawean, Sometimes life lies hidden under buried banks of snow or leaves or in the seemingly dead and lifeless beehive or the mysteriousness of a morning egg. But under and all and within, life is literally waiting to erupt, to shock us into awareness that Christ is And he loves you, no matter what. Just as Jesus breathed life into the whole cosmos, he breathed upon his friends and said, Receive empowerment, be new. I have been so blessed to be here for four Sabbath days. Thank you for hosting my weirdness. St. Francis is dear to me and my lovely Suzanne. It is a wondrous place of ongoing hospitality, if you don't know that about yourself. Thank you for welcoming the stranger. Thank you for teaching children. Thank you for loving the old. And thank you for being friends. Thank you for sharing the faith of all the saints and those to come and the mystic teachers and the blessed sages and the prophets and the psalmist poets. And I ask today especially because I have friends that pray for me. They are called monks and nuns. And they have devoted themselves to be invisible and to pray for people like you. No, I mean you. So I thank them, unseen, voiceless it seems, and yet they perform the opus Dei, the work of God, which is prayer. So my prayers for you do not cease. St. Paul said it best in the Ephesians. I pray that you may know the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within him is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church, to Jesus Christ in all generations forever and ever. Amen. We
1: stand and we say together this testament of our faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
2: Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church.
1: That we all may be
2: one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you.
1: That your name be glorified by all people.
2: We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That
1: they may be ministers of your word and
2: For Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, our presiding bishop, Andy, Dina, Jeff, and Hector our bishops, Stuart, Bob and David our clergy. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world.
1: That there may be justice and peace on the earth.
2: For our President Donald, our governor and our mayors, and for all in authority, for the Congress and courts, for the men and women serving the armed forces around the world, especially Shelley O'Malley, Jim Daughtry, and Nick and Adrian Thompson. We pray for peace in the Middle East and for the persecuted Christians there. We pray for peace in the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. For our St. Francis Parish family, especially those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. For our church staff and the faculty, staff and students of St. Francis Episcopal School, remembering especially the family of Toby Finnett, For our Cub Scout Pack, our Girl Scout troops, and our Sports Association. Pray for safety for all who are traveling on summer vacations. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble.
1: That they may be delivered from their distress.
2: But the sick and recovering, especially remembered by this parish, Tom Eaton, Janice Crow, Shirley Colton, Diane Esmond, Ann Nix, Mary Beth Wirtz, Gary Rollins, Stuart McKee, Will Carter, Dorothy Sumner, Evie Offord, Rebecca and Jim Wood, Adam Woodard, John Price, Dave Cook, Anne Murphy, Brian Buckley, Sue Morris, Marge Simichek, Chuck Davis, Glenna Moore, Lou Jacks, Mike Harrington, Betty Yearling, Marie Warren, Bud Treadaway, David Gracie, Pat Collins, Betty Mascalette, and those listed in the worship bulletin. Give to the departed eternal rest.
1: The light of science,
2: Remembering especially Robert B. Irwin, Toby Fennett, Rita McKelvey, mother of Pat McKelvey, Don Rich, father of Jeannie Chandler. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy.
1: May we also come to share.
2: Let us pray for our own needs and those of others.
1: O Lord, our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. And to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Merciful God, we confess we have sinned against you.